So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, let us never forget the gift it is to hold your word in our hands, to hear you speak to us. And so we pray this morning that you would open our hearts and our minds, open our eyes, illumine us, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, that we might see truth deeper and clearer still. Lord God, that you might reveal yourself to us and that we might follow you. God, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We have celebrated once again the mystery of the birth of Christ. The joy and the peace and the hope that this precious scene of a babe laying in a manger brings. What is your image of this manger scene? What image is there in your head? Um, mine has been deeply influenced by all the children's books we read and the songs we sing this time of year. We even sung it as the children were coming forward, away in the manger. <laughs> Lay down your sleepy head. What is your image? Mine is of a silent night. <laughs> the glow of light, a soft glow of light as the baby Jesus sleeps peacefully in a bed of hay while Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the animals gather around and look adoringly at this miracle child. Is yours anything close to this scene? Well, our text from, for this morning rips us rather suddenly from this scene, doesn't it? It doesn't start off bad. Old Simeon takes this six-week-old baby, Jesus, into his arms and praises God for the promised salvation that he now holds in his hand, his final act that he can say, now I can depart in peace. And he blesses the child, but then things start going downhill rather quickly, don't they? To Mary, he says these words. 
This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. This child will be the downfall of many. Many will oppose him. A sword will pierce your own soul. Can you imagine holding your six-week-old baby and having someone say this to you about him? What is going on here? What happened to that peaceful manger scene and the angels singing and light and joy and all that is contained there in all the hopes and the inspired songs and the prophecy that Luke has been sharing and writing about? What happened? Quickly in the gospel narrative in Luke, a dark note is introduced, isn't it? As we are reminded that in Jesus' coming, not all is silent and peaceful nights and adoration and joy. Jesus is indeed the light, as Simeon says, gathering words from the prophecy of Isaiah, a light to reveal God to the nations. The Gospel of John proclaims the same truth in its opening. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. And he says this light is the light to the world. But John's Gospel goes on to say that the world does not recognize the light. They don't understand it. And so we quickly realize that a light shines in the darkness, but the darkness is there. And the darkness will try to oppose this light, as Simeon says. And friends, the battle will be fierce. Because you see, at the birth of this little boy, it is the beginning of the final confrontation between light and dark, between good and evil in the world, between those who are with God and those who are against God. And so we find that we move rather quickly from shepherds glorifying and praising God for all they have seen and heard, and Mary treasuring all these things in her heart in Luke 2.20, to opposition and a sword piercing Mary's heart in just 15 verses. We shift. I've been doing an Advent devotional this um, Advent season that continues past Christmas um, up until Epiphany, which is the day when the Magi arrive, the celebration of that day, which is the um, signaling of the Gentiles being included in this salvation story. Uh, did you know that the lectionary text, and it follows the lectionary, which is um, the sort of scripture readings that have been laid out for us daily since the ancient church. The lectionary reading, the text for the day after Christmas, do you know what it is? I'd never followed this before. It's the stoning of St. Stephen. Christmas Day, you read the birth narrative, and the very next day, you get the text of the stoning of St. Stephen, the first martyr. And I was sitting there going, really? <laughs> do we have to go there so quickly? This is what the devotional had to say. But the days before Christmas, and the feast day, Christmas day itself, have lifted up our minds and hearts to the transcendent beauty of God's love for us. The account of the brutal stoning and martyrdom of the young disciple Stephen 
brings us startlingly, startlingly back down to earth. The song of the angels, Peace on Earth, almost seems like a painful irony as we read of his martyrdom. Why does the church break the beauty of this sacred season with the commemoration of the first martyr? The devotional goes on to say, our good sense tells us that there is more, that this is more than just a jarring coincidence. What we encounter already is the clash between good and evil, between infinite goodness and the deepest, darkest evil. Stephen's death, and I would add that this scene with Simeon reminds us that Jesus has come, on, come to take on all evil. Both in the lectionary reading the day after Christmas and the text that follows this birth narrative that we read every year on Christmas, we are reminded that all is not right in the world, aren't we? We are brought back down to earth to the gritty, hard reality of life in a broken and sinful world. And we are reminded of the longing the longing we have for God to come and make things right. Even in the scene with Simeon, that is what is here. We find someone who is longing, who is waiting. Luke says he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Other translations say that he was waiting for God to comfort Israel. Simeon was waiting with longing for the fulfillment of God's promise that God would bring hope and comfort. Friends, do you sometimes feel like Simeon? Are there places in your life where you're waiting for comfort or for rescue? Are there places where it's not the joy and peace of the manger scene that you feel you exist in, but rather places of grief and mourning, of suffering and longing? Christmas can actually be one of the hardest times of the year for many people, can it? A time where the reality of life clashes with this picturesque scene of happiness and tranquility and joy everyone else seems to be experiencing. At my home church, in the middle of this season of Advent, they offer a service called Worship on the Longest Night. And it's held on the longest night of the year, like quite literally, the night that is the longest in our calendar year. The darkness extends the most. And it's a recognition that in the midst of the celebration of Jesus coming, in the midst of the season of joy and festivities, that the nights can be long and dark too, can't they? People may be struggling under the weight of darkness and grief and pain. Friends, Jesus has indeed come into the world, and that is reason for joy and celebration, yet we still exist in the not yet. There are places in the world, in our own lives, where all has not been made right. And some of us feel like we're in the longest night, that there's darkness still in our midst. John's gospel speaks of this darkness in his opening words of his gospel. And we know this text, most of us do, right? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, what? Has not overcome it. If you don't know this verse, this is a good one to memorize. 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We know this passage well, but what you may not realize is that John writes this in the context of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which brought with it massive bloodshed. It is the fall of Jerusalem and the temple. Rome wiped them out. And then there's been the dispersion of the church that is trying to find its way in an entirely new context under persecution. That's the context in which John writes this. And into this context of death and destruction and confusion, John writes, hear these words again, John writes, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He doesn't write these words flippantly, does he, with a chipper, oh, it's all gonna be okay. He writes with a sober reality. He is writing in the midst of heavy darkness. Think of the darkness in our own world. This year, our country has seen violence unlike it's ever seen before. 2017 has earned the bitter honor of the most deadly year for mass killings in U.S. history. Did you know that? You probably think about all the news stories we've had, right? Shootings in a church in Texas, in the airport in Florida, and in Las Vegas where someone opened fire on a concert crowd and killed 50 eight people and injured 500, which makes it the deadliest mass shooting in the U.S. ever. I heard last night on the news that um, Raleigh has had the highest murder rate since 2008. This year kind of marks a peak in murders in Raleigh. Friends, all is not right in the world. We see conflict and hatred in the news and on social media as we exist in a more and more divisive and ugly political climate. And then there's the places of violence and war in the world that have led to one of the greatest refugee crises in global history. And that's the darkness out there in the world, right? What about the darkness in your lives? What darkness are you struggling to see through? Personal darkness comes in many forms. Broken relationships, overwhelming loss, addictions, depression, illness. A year ago this month, sorry, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. I'm better now. <laughs> um, but it was a darkness unlike I had ever known. I'm not prone to depression, and I couldn't will myself out of it. We could probably each share our own places of darkness, if we were to take the time, couldn't we? Do you feel the conflict the nativity story brings? We feel this hope and joy that the coming of Christ brings, but then rather suddenly we can be brought back down to earth, to the reality of our lives, to the not right places. Maybe they're not as severe a picture of darkness as I've been painting. Maybe it's just the reality that as you spent time with family this Christmas, you realize there's some relationships that are out of whack, right? Or maybe it's the financial drain that the season can bring that has you stressed out and uncertain. Or maybe it's just the reality of your life that it's not what you thought it would be, and so you're struggling with sort of these unmet life expectations. Whether you're not right places are small or big, whether you see just some small shadows in the picture or darkness 
is enveloping most of the light for you right now. Simeon speaks words of hope and promise. Yes, he speaks dark words about oppression and opposition and suffering. He names the reality of life. But as he does, picture this, as he does, what is he doing? He's holding baby Jesus in his arms. He holds in his arms Jesus, the Messiah. He holds the light even as he speaks these dark notes. He has finally seen and is holding in his hands, his old frail hands, the light, the one he has been waiting for. The surprising thing we'll discover if you keep with these gospel stories is that Jesus, as the Redeemer, will redeem by sharing in our suffering with us. That's what surprises everyone. By taking the darkness head on and taking it into himself and dealing with it once and for all on the cross. The nativity is a story that begins in a manger and ends on a cross. How many of you have a cross on your Christmas tree? You can raise your hands. How many of you have a cross on your Christmas tree? I do. I have quite a few. Have you ever thought about that? That on this tree we put up and decorate in the celebration of the birth of a baby, we also place on it the instrument for his death. We can become a little anesthetized to the cross and what it means. I mean, we know it means Christ's death, but it was a means of execution. That is the mystery and the baffling nature of what we celebrate at Christmas. A little baby that has been born to die. And we hold and proclaim that conflict, whether we know it or not, as we decorate for the season. Where do you find yourself this morning on the last day of 2017? If you've had any space in the craziness that is the holidays to sit and think about where you are in your life, I always like to take a little time to try to reflect on my year. For me, it's been a hard year. Where are you on this last day as you look ahead to 2018? Do you find yourself feeling this conflict, the jarring nature of the joy of Christ coming, but the reality of your life, which holds places of longing or suffering or darkness? Whatever darkness that you are experiencing, inside or out, to that the opening words of John's gospel says, the darkness never wins, friends. It never has the final word. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It never has, and it never will overcome the light of God. The light that has come in Jesus Christ always penetrates, always overcomes. It always has the final say. John clarifies this truth that Simeon embodies as he holds the Christ child in his arms, this child of our promised salvation. Later in John's gospel, Jesus himself will say these words in John 8, 12, which I'm going to read in the message. I am the world's light one of the I am statements. 
I am the light of the world. No one who follows me stumbles around in darkness. I provide plenty of light to live in. That's a promise, friends, that if we follow Jesus, he promises he will be the light, that there will be light in the darkness. He promises we're not going to stumble around, that the light is there. And as much as this is a theological statement about the truth of who Jesus is, that he is the light of the world, it's theologically a statement about who he is, it's also a promise. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As I was preparing for this sermon, I brought up BibleGateway.com on my um, browser to look up a verse. And the verse of the day, it does these daily verses on there. I don't know if you're familiar with BibleGateway.com. It's great, a great way to look at a whole bunch of different translations. The verse of the day was this. As I'm in the midst of preparing this sermon, I have told you, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Jesus was realistic. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Friends, that peacefully sleeping baby that we have as an image in our head becomes the man who will stand in the synagogue just two chapters later in Luke and reads the words from the Old Testament of Isaiah 61 that was read for us this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, taking this text on himself, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, for he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. No matter what you are facing in your life right now, the time of the Lord's favor has come, friends. Whatever sorrows or trials, as Jesus said, you're facing right now, he promised we would, hear the words of Jesus and take heart because he has overcome the world. He has come and he will come again, friends, that is what we celebrate in Advent, this word that means preparation for the arrival of an important person. That's what the word means. Advent. Arrival of an important person. He did come in the manger, but we also celebrate the second coming, that he will come again, and that time he will bring to completion the work of making all things right. Simeon says for those who move toward God in this conflict that this child will be joy. There is still the joy and hope the nativity scene brings. We can still hold to that in the midst of the darkness and the struggle. I love this image of Simeon holding this Christ child in his arms, even as he speaks these dark words to Mary, even as he names the reality and the suffering. And perhaps that can become for us an invitation to do the same. To hold the Christ child, the light of the world, in our arms. To hold on to this truth of the promise that he is the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not, has not, friends, overcome it.
I have a dear friend right now who's going through a really difficult and painful situation. And this week she emailed me and shared with me uh, some words that a friend said to her. She said, to every step of darkness, there is a counter move of God. I love that. And then she said, watch for it. It's thrilling. Then my friend wrote these words. I'm taking this as my New Year's resolution to step, to see the steps of God light in the darkness. I don't know what's on your list of New Year's resolutions, if you even do that. <laughs> but perhaps this can be one that we can all add to our lists. In this new year, what steps of God light, the counter move of God to the darkness, can we see? The truth that the light has come has been revealed in Jesus Christ, and the darkness has not overcome it, no matter what you are facing. That holds true. And Jesus, his making all things right, will be beyond anything you could hope or imagine. It'll be thrilling. I want to close with these words from Isaiah again. Close your eyes if you want. Take them in. Take in the light. Imagine yourself holding the Christ child in your arms, even as your own life holds many things. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, Jesus says. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, or in the church, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Friends, whatever your life is holding, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the light that will dispel every darkness. Amen. I want to close with a prayer that um, a sister in Christ from your own congregation, Regina, sent to me on Saturday that unknowingly fits so perfectly. So will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, it is a good thing you were born at night. This world sure seems dark. I have an eye for silver linings, but they seem dimmer lately. I love you this B-I-G big. Peace, holy lamb, fill our hearts with thy presence. Comfort our worry souls during these trying times. Enfold us in thy warm, comforting arms, and like little children, bring us rest. Humble, cold and naked, you came to save this world. Dear Lord, to bring us a power to believe in, with a loving heart and open arms, wanting us all, no matter how scared, battered, unworthy, imperfect, you came 
you bring the eternal saving grace of God to the manger. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing praises to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, for the Prince of Peace has arrived. Amen.